So uh, Russ is obviously t- teaching through some of the uh, the New Testament right now, and and just in this moment, I thought today I just want to touch on something that I think is key to our identity. I think it's you know the word gospel means good news, and what I see not not necessarily so much from from friends here, but Christian friends outside is it doesn't seem the gospel's that good a news to many Christian folks. And one of the great benefits of Christianity is rest. We talk about rest a lot in here. You know, Hebrews 4 talks about, you know, a, a, a Sabbath rest that's available to us, which is great. The uh, And what I've found is that amongst all Christians, it gets very loud in all of our heads at various times. Very loud. To the point where it's crippling, and I think that we are not, we limit ourselves in our availability in the moment because we can become consumed with thoughts on our own. Oftentimes those are thoughts of condemnation or anxiety of the future. But if you hear anything today, I just think this is something that is, it resonates. It's, I don't like trite sayings except when they line up with truth. And I w- I've always said this. My mother-in-law, is the, she's the, the queen of trite saints. But when they line up with truth, I love them. <clears throat> Here's the saying. Your greatest ability is your availability. Your greatest ability is your availability. If you're crippled in your own mind, it's very hard for you to be a resource to others and to yourself. Scripture over and over and over tells us who we are in Christ. We talk about who we are in Christ in here all the time. And I think that's where I just really wanted to uh, just establish again and just remind us all of who we are in Christ. And one verse in particular is Romans 5.1. Jim, if you want to put that verse up. You all know this verse very well. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have peace with God. That is something that that should just, uh, over your life, you have peace with God. It's not fluid. You have peace with God. When you put your head on your pillow at night, know this. He's not disappointed. He wants the best for you. Do we grieve the spirit at times? Sure we do. I think oftentimes for friends, family, we want the best for each other. And when someone's, you know, walking in a season of darkness, we all grieve for that. Right? But at the same time, it doesn't mean that that peace with God that's been established is gone. It's still there. You don't lose it. We're... The gospel's not the hokey pokey. You're not in and out. You're in it. You're in Christ. The new covenant over and over and over talks about you being in Christ. And you've probably heard this before too that we oftentimes as Christians talk about the Holy Spirit being in us. But there's a 10 to 1 ratio, 10 to 1 ratio in Scripture talking about you being in Christ versus Christ in you. It is great news that that the Holy Spirit's in you. 
ain't in me. But clearly, clearly God wanted to stress something in Scripture about you being in Christ. And that's where, again, it's not moving day for him. He's not in and out. He moved in. He's there permanently. Right? So again, this is this is not something where it 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 flows. He's in there permanently. I think a lot of times what I've heard here recently in in Christian circles is this term of your Christian identity has become this buzzword. Uh, someone had, had said this to me last week, and he doesn't know what it means at all. He's just heard it. He's repeated it, but he doesn't know what it means. It's not a buzzword. It's a truth. And what I see oftentimes, even amongst our groups, our group right here, is we get stuck. It's great news that you're forgiven. But that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Don't stop there. Don't stop at forgiveness. It's just the beginning of the, of the great news of the gospel. But if that's all you get, at least that, that's a nice thing to have. The, I had lunch with, with Mike Lawson this past week. Mike and I grew up, we grew up Catholic kids. I think, Ed, there's a few of us here who grew up Catholics. And the uh, other churches to this day still will make fun of the Catholic church because we would go to a priest and, you know, ask for forgiveness. And he'd give us a litany of prayers to say. And we'd go say those. And then somehow this forgiveness would come upon us. And what I've found is that really for, for call it the Protestant churches, the classic Protestant you know, theology, is the, those same people that are trashing that Catholic approach of going to a priest to come up with a recipe are on their knees every night begging God for forgiveness. Are you forgiven or are you not forgiven? December 31st, 2004, I was having lunch with Keith Tyner. One thing Keith said to me is that you'll notice if you look in the scripture, you'll find that once the cross comes along, the tenses of the verbs change. And I had, remember the concordances? This is, you know, I had a little tiny Strong's concordance like this. I couldn't even read the font in this thing now. But I told Keith when I left that day, I said, Keith, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm going to go home and I'm going to check this out for myself. But I hope you're right. And I went home, sure enough, when the cross comes along, the tense of the verbs change. We, we know people that still ask for forgiveness, but, but really, I, I don't mean to dismiss that. I just want you to own it. How about thank you for your forgiveness? Begging for forgiveness, to me, it seems like you're asking for something that you already have. My daughter Maggie sitting back there. What if Maggie came to me every day and said, Dad, I wish I could be your daughter. You are. You are my daughter. You can't change that. You're my daughter by birth. She could change her name. It doesn't matter. She's still my daughter. And we all know John 3.16. You know, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Right? You're born again. You're his. It doesn't change. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. Part of the benefits of being in the family of God is you're forgiven. 
and it doesn't lead to license. You know, Rusty's been accused of this place being the harbor of sinners. No, we want people to have this great appreciation for the Lord that they'll live an abundant life. Jesus said I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. Where is it? I'll tell you, amongst Christian men that I know, I don't see it much at all. This is where I hope we can encourage one another to live this abundant life that Jesus talked about. And it's not one of condemnation. This is not behaviorism. This is not some behavior modification program. The gospel is good news. The first component of that is forgiveness. So own that. If you ever want to talk about that, let me, I'd love to talk to you about that. But no, there's more, right? But with the, I mean, the late night commercials. But wait, there's more. There's more to this. Jim, can you put up Acts 20, 35? Red letters, so you know if it's red letters, Jesus said this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. This is, I'm not talking psychology here. I'm saying this. More blessed to give than to receive. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some rest. It's loud in many of our minds. Know who you are in Christ. Remember I mentioned last week about the, the prodigal son who went away and he you know acted like a fool and he came back and when his father saw him on the road he ran to him. Right? This isn't just how we're supposed to treat others. But we treat yourself that way too. Where that father had grace and mercy for his son, have grace and mercy for yourself too. You're a child of the king. You are royalty. Scripture says you're a royal priesthood. I grew up in a place where the priests were up on a pedestal. Scripture says you are a royal priesthood. So the idea of, 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 of giving, please just know again, this isn't just some psycho babble. This is, this is anchored in Scripture. So when I say that you're good, what I'm saying is that spiritually, you are good. You are good. And it's good to know that. And it says that about you. <clears throat> Jim, can you put up 1 Corinthians 6, 17? Yeah. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. He dwells with you. He's in you. The Holy Spirit's called the, the, you know, the helper. It's there to help you. It's not there to condemn you. One of God's names is I am. I am dwells within you. He's about right now. Too many of us are getting trapped in our past or we're getting trapped in our future. His name is I am. It is right now. 
I think oftentimes what happens is um, we can do this. I was talking to my son Dan just a couple weeks ago about this. Is He was beating himself up over a certain decision. So often this happens to all of us is that we end up in a spot where it's woulda, coulda, shoulda. Know this. You make decisions with all the information you have at that time. You discern all of that. And you make that decision with all the information you have in that moment. And you walk on. Things change. You get a curveball in there. Right? Something goes awry. And you're like, oh, if I only would have, if I, sh- I should have. I- you can't do that to yourself. His name is I Am. He's about right now. The decisions you make are based on the information you have right now. I'm not saying you don't sin with your eyes open at time, at times, right? That happens. Sometimes we act like fools. But guess what? I Am is still here. He's about right now. And what you get out of living this life in the moment is you get the fruit of the Spirit. And if, I'm sure any of you have seen, if you leave fruit out on the table for a week or two, it just doesn't last that long. The fruit's for now. Enjoy it now. And as you enjoy the fruit of the Spirit, others around you will see it too. This fruit, we all benefit from it. You know, there's a lot of faces here that I know and recognize, and I know your souls and your personalities, and it's a great encouragement. I love standing up here and seeing the faces. But be an encouragement to yourself. I think that you all are very, very good at encouraging others. I want you to be an encouragement to yourself, too. So when it says that your spirit is is one with him, that father that's on the road that's running to his son, that's who dwells within you. Your spirit is one with his. So this running to the son, be, be kind to yourself too. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That's for you too. Enjoy him. Like Luke said, he enjoys you. He gets you. He loves you. He likes you. Be patient with yourself. Kind to yourself. This is the fruit of the Spirit. You're good. You really are. I think I've maybe mentioned this before in the past. One thing I really feel for the next generation, you know, like we didn't have social media when we were growing up. I didn't I wasn't a teenager with all of this, you know, bombardment of of, you know, live your best life or, you know, this comparison that that that, you know, kids have to face of it's not even even easy as an adult. I couldn't imagine growing up with social media content constantly bombarding you. Because what happens is these comparisons come up, right? And we just like, ah, eh, my life, by comparison, it ain't much. 
If you chase the physical, you're going to get the physical and you will be disappointed. If you chase the spiritual, you will get the spiritual and you will be content. Circumstances aren't always good. Right? But the spiritual supersedes our circumstances. Every person on the planet, every person on the planet wants the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody wants that. Love, joy, peace, patience. They all, everybody wants that. And there's only one way to get it. Walk by the Spirit. You walk by the Spirit. You enjoy the fruit right now. Just know you can't hoard it. You can't hold it up. Just enjoy it right now. And there's no way to say this to, I, I think, to anybody, even to myself, right? I, I, I waver on this all the time. But this is where, again, we need to encourage each other to move towards something. And what I mean by that is move towards life. Don't move towards good or evil. Move towards life. You know the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? There's a lot that the world's doing that they think is good. There's a lot the world's doing that we know is evil. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not saying do good or evil. I'm saying do life. Life dwells within you. So when we see these comparisons and this happens and these woulda, coulda, shouldas and things like this, we all need a, a just really just like a cleansing of our mind to be reminded of who we are in Christ. And that there is rest. There is rest available to us right now as Christians. And well, we just can't encourage each other enough to just enjoy that, walk in it, and live it. You've heard these words before, whether it's past tense, forgiven. Hebrews 10, 14 says you're perfect. So, if I asked you about perfect, when the Bible says that you're perfect, what does that mean to you? Ed, can I pick on you? No. <laughs> it's perfect. See, Ed said he's perfect in soul and spirit, not in his actions. So your behavior does not impact your identity. What you do is not who you are. But who you are will have a great impact on what you do. Right, so often we ask each other, well, what do you do? Like we anchor our identity in whatever we might do for, for work. There's 60 verses that say you're a saint. 60. When's the last time you referred to yourself as a saint? Ever? Have you ever? 
When's the last time you referred to yourself as a sinner? There's 60 verses that say you're a saint. I'd make case that there's not one verse for those of you who are in Christ that call you a sinner. I'm not saying you don't sin. I'm just saying you're a saint who sometimes sin. That doesn't make you a sinner. You're a saint who sometimes sin. You are a saint. There's 60 verses that say that. You were a sinner. You're born again. You're now in the family. Now you're a saint. Do you sin? Yeah, sure you do. Is this life about not sinning? No, it's not. It's not. This life is not about not sinning. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The good news of being in the new covenant is we have access to the tree of life. Amen? (laughs) Amen. This is not about do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do this. This is about life. We have access to that tree. That tree is within us. There's healing. We're good. We don't f- move back and forth between the, uh, in, you know, in Christ and out. You're in. Jeannie, you're forgiven. The, uh, you, did you grow up with that theology? No. The, uh, what, when did you see that or how did you see that? What, was it a verse or a? Mm. Amen. Some of you know Bob Warren. Bob's summer camps are still going on. Someone sent me a picture of his his shirt camps, this, his camp shirts for this pat, this summer. What they said on them was "free to fail." How great is that? You've probably heard Rusty say that before, but it too. It just it's a great reminder. You're free to fail. You are. In this life too, it's not about not failing. It's about living. And as you know, Charlie Ward always says, if someone's stuck in a rut of sin, Charlie always says, how's that working out for you? Right? Can you live that way? Yeah, you can. You can. Can you act like a fool? Yes, absolutely. Can you live like a maniac? Like Yes, you, you can. But what do you ultimately want? You want life. And it's available to you. Scripture says you're sanctified. It means you're set apart. You're visiting this world. You've been set aside. You're one of His. Another verse in here that says that you've been buried with Him. Luke, I know there's something you talk about a lot is your identity or the seed. If you've been buried with him, Luke, what would you say, how would you try to articulate that to another Christian? Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Luke, you talk about the seed a lot too. I mean, it goes all the way back to to Genesis. Stay dead. Yeah. Is Luke saying that? I the uh uh Jim, can you put up that Romans eight one? As Luke was saying that, I think of this verse, therefore there's now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a great verse. What a great verse. You couple that with five one, you got peace with God, there's no condemnation. I know it gets loud in your head. It gets loud in all of our heads. You know, that condemnation, you know, condemnation of the past, anxiety of the future, it gets loud. But enjoy the moment. Remember who you are. Dude, one thing Mike and I talked about last week too is what God says about you supersedes what you say about yourself. What Scripture says about you trumps your own theology that you've concocted. If Scripture 60 times says you're a saint, I don't want to hear you're a sinner. If Scripture says over and over and over that you're forgiven, that you're sanctified, justified, washed, Raised with Christ, complete, perfected. That supersedes whatever contradicts that that's banging around in your mind. There's seasons of our lives where it's louder in our head than others. And it takes some discernment to get through that. Years ago I said to to Jeannie, we were at camp, and I said, you know, Jeannie, I think it's louder in some people's heads than others. And Jeannie goes, think so? 
it, we all have days. It's some days it's louder in our head than others. But know who you are in Christ. I really just today wanted just to to bring up the rest that's there, the rest for your the peace you have with God, the forgiveness that you have. Your ability to, this, there's a calling on your life. You walk in that. Rusty's not the only minister around here. You're all ministers. There's a calling on everybody's life. It might be to a lot of people, might be to a few people, might be to one person. There's a calling on your life. Dan, I was thinking about you, Dan Skaggs, I was thinking about you this morning is that the, just, Dan played high school ball up at Anderson. When I was a kid, basketball at Anderson was just the biggest thing. They played in the wigwam and all. It just was magical. Dan played ball there, played college ball. and There's times in Dan's career where he would have made a turnover, right? It happens. The coach might even bring you off the floor and put you on the bench. And we could sit there with our head in the hands just, just mad at ourselves about the mistake that we made. And then the coach wants you to get back in the game and you're there just consumed with yourself about the turnover you just made. It's like, hey, I need you back on the floor. It's like, I, I'm not worthy. <laughs> it's about right now. It's about now. We all make turnovers. We all make mistakes. It's about now. Enjoy him he enjoys you he loves you he likes you there's a calling on your life and I love how Rusty says it it's about Jesus and people that is very succinct and I think it's very accurate it is about Jesus and people one of those people is you to yourself Share that with others too. Encourage one another. If you're in a good spot, man, reach out, encourage others. If you're in a tough spot, reach out. Call me, text me. Probably can't fix your circumstances, but I can at least remind you about who you are in Christ. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. It's about Jesus and people. You have peace with God, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's a calling on your life. You walk in it. God is glorified through your life. The fruit of the Spirit is there for you and for others around you. Know who you are. Don't stop at forgiveness. Do not stop there. There's more. There's more. To help you with discerning the thoughts in your mind. The calling on your day. And you walk in that. And if you screw it up, guess what? You're back here again. You're still in a good spot. It's about right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Lord, we hold up uh, Rusty. We just pray for uh, uh, his health to return. Um, He's traveling this week too, so we pray for he and Michelle for safe travels. And uh, Lord, I, I just pray that Your spirit just reminds each of us here about who we are in you, you and us. Lord, I just want everyone to be encouraged. 
by you. And I just pray that you are glorified through our lives and all of it to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.